Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I don't know if you notice about me or not as of yet, but um, this grandbaby is an encourager. God trusts me to make sure that when someone feels down, if they feel discouraged, if there is any source of discontentment in them for whatever the reason, God trusts me enough to verbally soothe and get them out of their pit. And to be quite honest, I absolutely love it. It's the one thing that brings me the most joy ever, 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 ever in life. And the one thing that I think that God is very strategic in is that what he wires you with is usually something that you are already connected to and it's your passion anyway. And so I love that I love my calling. I love that I recognized it as early as I did. And I can see it so early appearing in my life and my informative years and all of that. But one of the things that usually comes with this type of gift is that you feel what other people are feeling. Now, I think with doctors and for whatever the reason, whatever, I feel like whatever your career is, there is a spiritual side to that particular calling. So people who have maybe a, a gift of anointing or healing or people who are wired to really stand strong in faith, like there is a reason why people are drawn to certain career paths. And it's because if they really took a spiritual look at it, it aligns to what you do anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, God trusts you with it. And so you marketed it in earth and you were able to make a career and, you know, congratulations. You are literally getting paid for the thing that you're called to do anyway. Is what we should essentially be striving for anyway. But that's another story, a whole another conversation for another day. But one of the things, again, that comes with this calling that I love so much is that God allows me to feel what someone is feeling. Not only that, I'm also able to see what someone's going through, what they've gone through in the past, because if it's something that's upholding them or they're in bondage to, God is like, "Mm -mm, go ahead and tell her that time when she was six, her father. And I'm like, that time when you were six, your father, because it's kind of weird sometimes because people are like, how did you know? And I can always expect for there to be some type of emotion. So I've grown enough in my calling and in, in, in this not to be thrown by that. I kind of just feel like, yo, I'm on a mission. God told me to say it this way. He gives me how to say it. There's a certain cadence. Sometimes he's like, "Mm -mm, put a little more spice on that because she's not going to listen. Listen, tell buddy that I said. (laughs) And it's like, oh, okay, because he knows how a person is going to hear. So I don't know that. And he tells me how to say it. But what I've been noticing is it, it brings me joy when I see the relief in someone, when I can see the, oh my gosh, that is confirmation. Like that, I'm talking about that makes, you talk about smiling. <laughs> I'm talking, just smile. Come on, Kirk. Even though, <laughs> don't that feel good? Yes, Mr. Franklin, yes, sir. But there's also a dark side. No, there's the other side of, this particular gift and calling that is not so um, fun. And it is seeing people in voluntary bondage. 
to see someone stay in a relationship that does not serve them and they know logically it does not serve them but for whatever the reason they were able to make up an analytical emotional excuse as to why they're going to stay in bondage a little while longer to know that a person does not feel that their current job is filling or satisfying or e or the above and yet they made a financial analytical excuse as to why they need to do this for a couple of more years so need to go ahead and just ride the train out because maybe you know after this person's contract is up maybe it will get better and they are riding their burden out on a maybe to know that a person is continually keeping themselves in close proximity to toxicity whether it's a family member whether it's a friendship and they're doing it all for the sake of just truly they are uncomfortable with the spirit of the cut off people do not understand the art of that and you know what I, what I'm always baffled by I didn't see Jesus talk to the other disciples and was like look I don't really want y'all to feel no kind of way but I got a special kind of bond I know you can see it with James John and Pete. yeah so I I know that y'all see it and I just I want to make sure everything is clear I don't want nobody to feel no way that no Jesus had a ministry he wasn't really trying to minister to nobody's emotions. If it didn't have nothing to do with what he was set out to do. And sometimes you don't need all that conversation. Sometimes it's not about it being a cutoff. It's about it being a listen. I'm going that way and you're going this way and that's just it. Let the paths take us where the paths take us. We don't need to come back and try to explain at the crossroads. Like for what? We don't need to do that. And because people are not brave enough to face whatever comes with that. Whether you do it in silence, whether you do it in, in excellence, whether you do it, no, because I got to say something, however you decide to do it, but just do something. The way that people go ahead and continuously put a title as to their reason why they're continuing toxicity, it just does something to me. To hear someone say, I'm a couple of years away from whatever their goal is, whether it's retirement, whether it's, you know, just a little bit more out of debt, what, whatever it is, people are literally going, hold on a little while longer. And while that may have been cool for Paul and Silas, because they were waiting on God to get them out of a particular situation that they could not get themselves out of, yet late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around because what could they do? The fact that they were super duper shackled. They were at the bottom of the dungeon. They had a guard watching over. It was so much that can happen. Like unless he watched um, a couple of seasons of prison break, uh, Paul and Silas were staying right there. So the least they can do is go ahead and raise up a hymn to the Lord. But please hear the underline. They were waiting on God for something that they could not do themselves. No, I like that's almost like having the key in your pocket and you made a rationalization in some way, shape or form as to why you getting ready to go ahead and do another two, three year bid for what? Cause such and such needs me. Like she don't got no family. And if I leave, then she won't No, Cause you don't understand. Like it, it's really not that bad. Like it gets cold sometimes, but it's, and it's like, I'm sorry. Can I say something? I wish the goodness that God would have gave us the cursed blessing of having a time clock over our heads so that we can see how we were spending the time of our lives. I wish that you can go up and be like, brother, 
that says 21 more years. Uh, Ooh, hers is down to hours. Ooh, butter Jesus. I hope you, I hope you got baptized. <laughs> uh, you know, that's between you and the Lord. Um, Ooh, his say, I wish we were able to see that. And I wonder that if we had that spiritual tangible outlook, would we live life differently? Would you stay at that job? If you felt like, ah, I got to convince myself every day. I don't have nothing to look forward to. I come here now, pause, unless you are the negative Nancy group of grandbabies, not talking to you. Okay. Right. I'm talking about people who are truly want a non-toxic work environment who want to feel like, bro, I'm, I, I, I want to feel like I'm coming here for more than just enduring y'all all day. Like these processes don't make sense. So I have to turn my brain off. It was the worst thing in the world for me to convince myself to go to a place, an organization, and every day to feel like the best way I can get through the day is that I had to turn me completely off. I had to smile when I didn't feel like smiling. I had to answer emails when I wanted to be left alone. I wanted to just work and do my work, but none of the work made sense. And it was like, why are we doing it this way? Oh, that's the way we've always done it. Well, how about we implement this? That seems like a good idea, but no. Like, oh, so I literally felt like I had to internally go in order for me to work. And they would just be like, you're doing excellent. And I'm like, y'all are asking me to read C-Spot Run and give a book report. And I have a doctorate in the spirit. Like, that's what it felt like. Like, you, do you understand how beneath me this feels? But, you know, sometimes you try to go ahead and, and consume what the world says. Like, well, you know, God is testing you. And maybe, you never know, maybe he's trying to show you something through here so you could take to your next. Can I be honest? I feel like sometimes God is looking at you like you chose that. And because you chose that, you have the free will to choose anything else. I'm going to teach you regardless to where you go. But, but why would I want you to intentionally choose Egypt? If I can teach you in the wilderness, if I can teach you in the promised land, if I can teach you at Mount Olive, like you, you really think that God is limited as to where he can teach that your discomfort has to enter the chat. Like who taught people that? Like, I want to ask the question, who told you you were naked? Someone had that experience and that was their opinion that turned into their belief that then became a, what a just a common cultural thing that we just all accept it like man I don't want that it hurts me to really hear people just only got four more years but I it if you make it to that time not to be morbid but like oh my gosh people are literally putting their happiness on layaway and you don't know when God's gonna take it away like serious like the and I, I guess I have no choice but to think about stuff like that because I have seen young passings. I have seen not old. I, I have not seen anyone in their 80s in my family, like, make it there. I have not seen anyone healthily get to the next thing. And the, some of the things that I used to think about when I used to encounter these really emotional times, like seeing people pass, nothing about that is fun. The thing that I used to ask myself was, I wonder would they have lived differently if they knew that this was all the time they had? 
Like if she knew she only had 30 something years, if, if he knew he only had 40 something years, like if she knew it was only going to go up to that particular, like would they have lived differently? And the answer I'm certain of it is an, would have been an astounding yes. So then what happened between childhood hopes and then adulthood outcomes that made people just settle in Egypt and just kind of forget about the promised land? Why? I literally was asking myself, like, why is it that the minute something feels like, mm-mm, this is not it, be it friendships, be it job, be it whatever it is that I'm putting my talent to, which is my time and my resources, anything that I invest myself into, that I plant myself into, if I see that where I planted myself is making me wither, I try to go ahead and say, hey, uh, can I, can you place me here? Can I, I do try to place myself somewhere differently because who knows, maybe I need to be closer to the window. Maybe that's the kind of soil that I have in my soul. Who knows, maybe I need a little bit more water and it's kind of parched over here. So maybe if I tried another team, maybe if I had another supervisor, oh, I tried the limits, but But at the end of the day, let me explain something to you. The Bible says that uh, joy and peace is a fruit of the spirit. Jesus said, peace I leave unto you. Okay. Um, not, not, not the, not what the world said they left because the world would be doing something different, but what, what I left. The old people say, you know what, um, the, the joy that I have, they, the world can't, didn't give me, so the world can't take it from me. And it's like, since we all have those cultural knowings, then why do we walk in this matter? Why isn't it, yo, I'm on a pursuit to happiness. I am not stopping until I am planted in, a, in such a way that I'm developing fruit Because of the environment that I'm in and the environment is helping me produce more of that fruit. But my goodness, to be planted somewhere and you know it's not good for your soil and you know that it's eating away at you and you know the environment is just inconsistent and all these other things and environment, let it mean to you what it means to you. It could be a job. It could be, oh boy, that you won't get rid of. It could be the, the family member that you like, ah, I kind of been on the line about, should I keep talking? No, sometimes you need to realize my, my time is at stake here. Do, and when I really want to weigh it, Do I want to put your feelings, how you perceive the fact that I'm an asset to this team and blah, 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 over the fact that I'm not growing? There's a dissatisfaction here. And it's not, oh, you know, you don't like that. But when it gets deep and you feel that thing in your soul, you're like, you have to say, I owe myself an apology. And an apology looks like a well thought out exit plan. Please stop waiting till the job gets you so sick that now you got to take FMLA. Please stop it where you know what you are at your wits end that now you know what now it's starting to bring out characteristics in you that wasn't there before old boy met you. Now, you know what, at this point, you don't care nothing about no debt, no nothing. If you don't get away and get away soon, it's going to be World War 96. Like, why do you have to be at your wits end to make a wise decision? Why, 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 why? (laughs) Like, I don't, that just, it, it, it really impacts me because it's like, I don't know what someone would have to do 
or sell themselves emotionally, psychologically to say, we are enduring this because even the things that have good intent, the, you know what, if you're uncomfortable for a year or two, then I saw this meme today. It literally said, be uncomfortable for a year or two so that you can be comfortable for the rest of your life. Ma'am, rebuke it. Not doing it. Not purposely. No, I'm not doing that because you are speaking as if you know you got however many more years. Like it would really suck, right? If you were in the middle of like your six month, whatever, and you know, the thing said two years. So one to two years and here you are six months and then it's a wrap. Like, ooh, I don't think I would have took that kind of advice. Right. We're not chumps in the spirit where we run every time that something gets uncomfortable. But when something is literally corroding our path to happiness, that's a problem. I don't care who or what it is. I I think that people should take back the reins of their happiness and do something. I love a person that's like, yo, I did that whole career path, that whole degree, that whole whatever. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I don't have a passion for it no more. And so they flip and do something else. It's like, I admire those people because it's a biblical, it's, it's, it's spiritual to be honest with you, because when God was creating the heavens and the earth and everything in it in Genesis one, he was like, Oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. And then a couple of chapters later, he looked down and he was like, I regret making man. And so what did he do? He started over. A lot of people are like, Mm-mm. I put too much into this relationship. No, this company got too much for me and I don't want to lose my benefits. And you, you make all these other excuses. You think that you invested more than what God invested in the first world. Like, yo, he created everything by hand. Second time around, he was like, no, take two, a, a pair of what I made each time. And y'all going to have to figure it out. I'm not putting in that much work again. <laughs> and it may be a word right there. Maybe you're exhausted from starting over because you literally start from scratch every single time. You start a job two, three months. You start a job two, three months. You start a job two, three months. And it's like, okay, but you're starting from scratch in such a way that it looks like you didn't begin anything at all. Imagine if God would have created the first world the same way that he did. You know, he formed it and he put the swarm in fish and air and all that and platypus and blah, blah, and all of that. And then imagine he was like, ah, regret making man, same thing. And then he created all of that again. That's exhausting. Even God didn't do that. He was like, no, some of the stuff I made was still good. So I'm going to take this, this particular couch. (laughs) Okay. Um, this lamp, mm -hmm. uh, this particular set of experiences that I got from here. And, um, we, we going to do something. It's going to get furnished one way or another, but I'm not starting from scratch, scratch, because at the end of the day, restarting doesn't mean that I have to feel like I wasted my entire time. When I restart, I should have done enough that I can go ahead and save me some time and energy the second, third, fourth time around. Do you see what I'm saying? And I I was like, people need to relearn the whole thing of pursuit. So I actually looked it up in the dictionary. So the new Oxford and the bishops over there, um, describe pursue. Cause I had to look up pursue. Let me tell you something. My English teacher was very strict. I'm a, 
I'm going to always say it. I had the English teacher of all English teachers. They asked, he asked me a question, define pursuit. I couldn't dare say, oh, it's the act of pursuing. He would say, don't you? I'm talking about grit his teeth, okay? Very scared of him. God bless him. I hope he's still alive. Uh, but it literally was, A, do not de- define a word using another word, let alone its root word. Oh, he would have got toe up. But for whatever the reason, New Oxford Dictionary didn't have that English teacher. And that's fine because we don't gossip about grandbabies thereof. But when I first looked up pursuit, they use the word pursue. So I'm not really gossiping. I'm just telling you what happened. So now to go to the word pursue, it's a verb. It had two meanings. The first meaning says follow someone or something in order to catch or attack them. The second says of a person or way continue to proceed along a path or route. I said, you know who this reminds me of? Holy Spirit. He was like, I already put it in. You already know what you're going to say. I was like, oh, you're right. Woman with the issue of blood. Mm-hmm. I want to read about her. Listen, the fruit from this woman's life, I wish she had a name. I want to name her Nene just because I feel like she should be closer to me. But then I also feel like she could have been a Cynthia, but I don't want to disrespect nobody else's grandbaby. So she's going to be the woman with the issue of blood. So Mark 5. You know, I read from the NLT version, right? Okay, let's start at verse 25. A woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She has suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she has spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. 27. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. 28. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. 29. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. 30. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? 31. His disciples said to him, look at this crowd, sir, pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? 32, but he kept on looking around to see who had done it. 33, the frightened, then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. 34, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. You want to know who should be deemed OG, uh, never give up. I know people give a lot of props to the woman in Kings that she was just like, yo, I'm just going to keep asking and keep asking and keep asking and keep asking. Like she, she probably put a hot 16 to it. Who knows? And the judge was like, look, I don't believe in God, nor do I fear man. Rebuke that name of Jesus. That's what he said. Uh, but he was like, whatever this woman needs, just go ahead and give it to her. And so we know her as very much woman with, you know, in judges, you got exactly what you wanted because you did not get give up but you know what I beg to differ the woman with the issue of blood let me let me put the stats up so that you can really see like like visualize this with me real quick we getting ready to just like I'm a bullet point it 
suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, the Bible says. Had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. So she didn't have like the light menstrual cycle, like, uh, or the menstrual cycle that was too much. That was like, uh, uh, she didn't have, you know, here and there. Oh, I feel like, oh, I'm going to have it again this month. This thing says suffered. So we know that it was severe for 12 years. And that's a long time because that's over a decade. Uh, that's uh, 365 days times 12. Do the math, grandbaby. And then says with constant bleeding. So it wasn't a spickle. It wasn't like, ooh, heavy flow this time. It was constant. 12 years. Suffered. And that's just the first bullet point. The second is, uh, she went, she suffered. Again, the Bible says it twice. <laughs> the first one in 25 says a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. 26, she had suffered. Like, bro, how much suffering? All the suffering suffering.com backslash suffering her. Oh, okay. 26. She has suffered a great deal from many doctors. Bruh, that means that she was actually getting stuff done that they were like, Oh, we have this procedure that will be perfect for you. You just come in in the morning and, and she walked in and was limping out. So there were many doctors that was like, oh, that doctor didn't know what he was doing. Let me put you back on the table. We're going to go back in and we're going to get the scar tissue out. And we're going to, that, that's how the doctors look to me in, in, in the Bible. I just, I, I feel like this is their voice too. Um, so they went ahead and did all that. And it's like, oh, so not only was she suffering from the blood, she was suffering from the doctors. Then, and over the years, the Bible reads, she has spent everything she had to pay them. Oh, so this is making the pockets dry. Very much given Sahara. Like, oh, that's crazy. How you pay somebody to make you feel? Okay. Um, no, no, continue. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Bruh. I mean, just give the grandbaby some rest. <laughs> I just, I can't. You mean to tell me that after all that, she didn't succumb to, well, I guess it's just, just my lot in life. I guess this is the way my story goes. Because I don't read nothing about no children about her. I don't read nothing about her having no man. Because I don't know if no man would have even tried to marry. Because like, uh, cause didn't I see you at the unceremonial unclean? Right. Yeah, I, I remember you. I see the eyes. Uh, you you can't get you can't do marital stuff because you you got a constant flow <laughs> so I'm sure uh there was an issue with having any kind of you know selection for the marital you know situation so and I don't see nothing about no kids because if the undercarriage wasn't right then maybe something was going on you know with that too so that may have been difficult as well probably more difficult to get them in in the first place uh so there was a lot of different barriers and nothing in this woman said it is what it is. I mean, it's been 12 years. I mean, I'm used to it. I mean, <laughs> well, what money? I, I, I tried it. Yeah, 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 I tried that one too. Yeah, the one that's, that makes you drink that juice in the bubble. Mm -hmm, I did that too. What did this woman, reverse engineer, have to convince herself of not to stop her pursuit of happiness? In this case, her pursuit of healing. 
what does she have to say to herself? Who does she have to give the spirit of the shut up? Like, mm -mm. no, you never got healed. I'm not accepting that. No, 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 you never got married. I'm not accepting that. No, 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 they didn't hire you at that company. I'm not accepting that. What is it about not accepting the external obvious that makes you internally keep going? Ma'am, you on your Duracell? It's giving very much. You should have been the energizer situation. They need to be paying you, ma'am, with the gnome name very much in Mark 5. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And here you got people literally choosing to constantly bleed. You got people modern day choosing to remain enslaved in Egypt. Why? And you got a God that wants to do so much for you. You got, a, you got a savior that did that gruesome, brave thing on Calvary. He's like, yo, I'm going to take everything that you should have deserved. And I'm going to go ahead and, and assume that and consume all of that. And just, ah, you know what, just put it on my tab. And I'm going to give you a fresh, new, clean slate so that you don't ever have to go through a life that wasn't worth living. And here people are like, you know what, that was awesome, but I'm just going to wait it out. Really? And that's not your heart's desires. You're going to make God look down and see that out of all his creation, you're the one that chose not to better yourself, not to get to a situation of satisfaction, but that you was going to make discontentment your middle name. Why? Why would you do that? Why, who, who did you learn that from? And no, mm -mm, come here. This is not a, I'm not beating on the grandbaby. I, look, look at my hand. I don't have no belt. But I do want to take you by the shoulders and kind of give you a little, you know, bear hug, shake, you know, just a little bit of aggression, but not, not nothing that will leave a bruise. And I want to explain that that does not have to be your lot in life. This woman literally showed it. Does, I don't know how old she was, but let's just give it. I want to give it a real age. Like why she kept going 62. Okay. It started when she was 50. Okay. And she got, you know, and then you do the plus 12 cause I'm a mathematician and shouts out to me, uh, you know, and 62, like, why would you keep going at 62? Why wouldn't I, if God allows me to continue to have breath and continue to give me the present of being present another day, then I'm going to choose not to live it where it, it's not meaningful to me. Like, bro, you know how much of a disservice it is for you to continue to walk in the path of a life that does not serve you, that does not excite you, that does not satisfy you, that doesn't feed you. Oh, you talking about a perfect life. No, I'm talking about a perfect life for you, a customized, fulfilling life for you. There's a difference between perfection and fulfillment. Yeah, perfection is Pleasantville. All the street lights are green. There's never no traffic, blah, blah, blah. But everyone has a certain level of fulfillment that when reached, it's your own customized Pleasantville. And people will look at you like, really? That brings you that much joy? Yes. And 
It's the oddest thing. But what brings one joy and fulfillment doesn't bring one another person joy and fulfillment. But I have had the displeasure of watching people get gray hairs at jobs that don't deserve them, actually have health ailments that literally were produced from the job. You mean to tell me that I literally heard someone saying I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. They got a stroke behind their job. I was like, what kind of shackle? does W2 living have on you that there's not a benefit and any kind of, I don't care what kind of amenity you have made yourself believe that you're getting staying in this position. But if you would not do this, if you would not allow someone that you love to do this, if you would not do this with a hundred thousand dollars just sitting in the bank doing nothing, then we have a problem. It's not that you are pursuing this because you don't have any other choice, it's because you have become addicted to punishing yourself. That's the only way I can put it. Because why? Imagine someone you love coming up to you, telling you what your job is doing to you and you had the money to take them out there. Would you actually tell them to stick it out, you know, into retirement because the, the pension and the, oh, but wait, well, why not? That excuse works for you. So whatever excuse you're using, is it not good enough for somebody else? If you had the power, influence, or resource to change their circumstance. Oh, you wouldn't tell them to stay there because they got four more years of retirement? Oh, you wouldn't tell them, but you know what your commute is? Oh, you wouldn't tell them, but you put that many years into the relationship, so you might. Oh, so the excuse is, oh, so what's good for the goose isn't good for the gander. Oh, well, that's what my grandmother said, so you're making my grandmother lie. Now we got to fight. You know, just lay some hands with no prayer is all. <laughs> I'm not trying to tussle, but you see what I'm saying? Please, let me just give you the challenge because I, I just, I'm over it. And if God allowed me to be wired in a way that I can feel people literally withering, it makes me even more the emotional that he feels that time sin because he created us. Imagine having to tell somebody at the end of their lives, I had so much more for you, but I could not override what you chose because I had to allow for you to activate in your free will, even if it wasn't my perfect will. Yo, I would cry like <laughs> while listening on Judgment Day. Like, no, I'm just sad for her. <laughs> like, that, wow. Wow. That's why we get so motivated when we see, and I told you this before, but it's worth repeating. I went to go pick up pizza one day in an Italian restaurant. They had the TV going. I looked up. I saw an armless and legless football head coach. Sir, what did you have to tell yourself to not only be confident enough to take that title, but to also push yourself not to succumb to the obvious. I think that's why we all love the underdog story, why we love to see the person in the movie, why we love to see. And it's because secretly we're probably looking at other people's tenacity and going, man, if I had that, I wouldn't be here. But somebody else is winning with way less than what you have. Somebody is winning with mustard size 
seed faith. And here you are like, oh, no, I know my daddy. I hear him and this and that. But look at you. Does your life reflect that? (laughs) Hello? Because we're all going to go through something. But it seems like you're going from the promised land to Egypt instead of Egypt to the promised land. Did you ask God for the coordinates update? Because it looks like you're going to merry-go-round for 40 years. What's up? The pursuit of happiness should be your own personal agenda. You should literally tattoo it on your soul that you are not leaving. You are not leaving here in this current state. If you are unsatisfied with anything, you put in the work, you try to change. Because what happened when when the three men came down and was talking to um, Abraham? And he was getting ready to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham was like, oh, big up a dog. If I find um, 50 people who are actually like, you know, trying to follow the Lord and do what they need to do, will you save Sodom and Gomorrah now? And he was like, yeah. Okay. And it went all the way down to like, okay, if, if, I, found, if I found 10, 5. Like, he, he was definitely counting down. And each time the men of God were like, yes. God will save Sodom and Gomorrah if you can just find anyone that like. And so my thing is this, if something is not working, the first step is to go through and see if anything can be salvageable. Because the first goal is not to just destroy everything. The first thing is, to okay, let's find what's working and see if we can maximize on that, play on that, position ourselves on that. Maybe we need a different shift. Maybe we need a different department. And like I said in the beginning of this call, you kind of see if an adjustment will make the difference. But if the whole thing is Sodom and Gomorrah, then it's just time to torch and run for your life, lot style, and never look back, or you're going to be stuck like his wife. I can talk about this for hours because I'm so passionate about this because I don't, unhappiness and discontentment is not my favorite color. And I don't even know why people are allowing people to sell them that. And not only are they selling it, people are buying it. No. And the medicine in this world, you should be taking to get through your, your work day. And ain't a drink, a vice, a nothing that won't do you any good long-term that you need to go ahead and escape on the weekend because of what you got to go through Monday through Friday. Have a nice day. I'm talking about the nicest day. And I mean that will all do disrespect. I'm just over it. And I need for people to be that disgusted. Like, listen, I don't care what it takes. Seeing this woman with the issue of blood made me feel like, bro, I wish you would make an excuse. No, I don't care if they look. You starting another job and am. And if it bothers you, I just won't tell you, but I'm, I'm going to find my peace. Ah, you broke up with him again and did. Because let me tell you something, before I ever get ran on, somebody going to go, I'm going to ride out. Because that's just how it's going to work. The end, nothing else to talk about. You moved again and did. Like, what you really afraid of? What somebody else is saying who is also stuck? Have a nice day. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Because <laughs> I'm getting off the line. Putting all this merchandise down, if this is where we shop together, I'm not shopping with you anymore because I'm spending my money and my time and my life elsewhere. The absolute end. You got to get up the phone. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm riled up about this. Um, But I feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what these conversations are, right? You should. Uh, 
conversations that nobody else is going to have with you. Life-provoking, if you will. But who? Your favorite homegirl. www.createdthenumber2multiply.com. Not going to tell you again to check it. I'm just very emotional about people being great. You know, what am I doing? Great things. What am I doing? Multiplying. Why? Because that's what we all were created to do. But what do I know? www.createdthenumber2multiply.com. Check it out. (laughs) But um, listen, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. Okay? We talk later. And we absolutely will. Later.